0: Hello everyone. It is my pleasure to welcome you to episode two of HeadRoyce Voices, the new HeadRoyce alumni podcast. My name is Camden Louie. I am a lifer from the class of 2008, meaning I attended HeadRoyce from kindergarten until 12th grade. And I have the distinct honor of being the current Alumni Council President. So it's really a privilege to be here today to interview our second special guest, and the new head of school, Rachel E. Skipper.
1: Hi, Camden. I am so happy to be here and to have this conversation with you today.
0: I'm really happy that you were able to take some time, Rachel. I know uh, you're just getting started with this new school year. And if I recall correctly, is this the 125th day of your headship?
1: Yes, I think we've hit 125 today. So getting congratulations
0: there, thank you. Absolutely. Well, before we get started, we did wanna give a a little bit of background for some of our listeners. And of course, first and foremost, to welcome you to Hedroyce on behalf of the alumni community. So I know that you're not a stranger to independent schools uh, but we all know that HeadRoyce is a very unique place. So, Rachel, when I was reading about your past experience and a very, very long list of accomplishments, it almost seemed like what you've done in the past has really led you to this moment and this role at Head Royce. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your journey and what brought you here? Sure. Well,
1: in part, I believe I am here because I am also a child of the Bay, and so growing up on the other side of the bridge and going to an independent school, I always, I always heard about Head Royce. Um, and then as a middle schooler, I would come here to play, I would say play, but get beaten in middle school sports by Head Royce teams. Um, but I spent a lot of time in Oakland. Um, my mom went to Mills, uh, my godparents live in Oakland, um, lots of family friends. I still have my childhood key from Fairyland. So uh, just as a child, I've always known about Head Royce. And then uh, as an educator in the Bay, uh, I'd say that the the faculty at Head Royce are known as people who are always thinking about professional, de- professional development and their teaching practice. And so Headwise has just always been in the back of my mind. In terms of what led me here, um, I think that after college, I decided to go to law school for graduate school. So I enjoyed it because I wasn't thinking about being a lawyer, Um, but I, I loved that intellectual journey and the training and how to think about multiple sides of an issue uh, I, after law school, I didn't practice law immediately. I actually went and did some management consulting with McKinsey. And that was fun because I got to poke my head into a lot of different industries and truly think about, um, sort of how enterprises run, whether they're for-profit or non-profit. And my, my key takeaway from that experience is that, uh, really any institution, it's about the people. Um, I did practice law for a little bit. I was a commercial real estate attorney in Chicago and San Francisco. And I really think that was a way for me to pursue um, my nerdy interest in history, uh, because I got to learn about the history of land, which was not what they were paying me for, but I love that part. And but what I realized before I I, uh, did management consulting and law, I did college admissions and financial aid. And what was fun for me in that role is I was at a school that truly was need blind. And so we were able to bring in the best students regardless of means and then make sure that they had full citizenship during their time at the school. And I really was focused on access. So I would go visit schools that had never seen an Ivy League rep before um, and just talk about what was possible, even if they didn't wanna go to my school. So when I was done paying off my law school loans and I had time to think about what I really wanted to do, I missed schools um, and I missed the people who decide to spend their lives in schools. So. Mm-hmm. I somehow convinced uh, someone to hire me as an associate director of admissions and financial aid um, at the Latin School of Chicago, which was a great pre-K through 12. So that was my first experience in a kind of K through 12 environment. And I would run all over Chicago and again, go to schools that hadn't seen a representative from Latin just to, to make sure we had an incredible funnel of students that represented the city. I also taught health to 11th graders, and that was fun. Um, After that, I went to San Francisco University High School and I was their director of admissions and financial aid. And we did a lot of great work in increasing the number of zip codes represented at the school. Um, We, um, Similar to Heads Up, there's a program At that school, and so we recruited more students from there. And I'd like to say that that school's first um, Rhodes Scholar was from the Summerbridge program, and so she went to school there. And so after that, I I got this opportunity to go to the East Coast to Andover, and be their Dean of Policy and Strategic Planning. And so spent five years there had a blast, um, and we got to do everything. I looked at the the schedule. We looked at the curriculum. We looked at um, transitions into the school and students who might have a preparation gap, but were incredibly bright. We looked at the workload for faculty. We did a campus master plan, uh, and so I really got to roll up my sleeves and um, really facilitate conversations across the school. We talked to alums, um, which was great, particularly our recent alums. As a prep school, we wanted to make sure we were actually prepping kids for what they were really going to see, so to get that information back from students and say, hey, you're a math major. The math you're doing at the school, did that help you? You're an English major. What were you reading? Um, so that was just a, a great time. It was very cold. Uh, so after Chicago and and Massachusetts, I, it was time to go home. So I um, was fortunate to head out to Silicon Valley to a true startup school, um, Khan Lab School, which was founded by Sal Khan of Khan Academy. And... When I got there, had maybe 135 students. It was the fourth year of the school. We had um, only 10th graders. And so, but we weren't accredited. We didn't have a K through 12 curriculum. We didn't have formal professional development. Um, so, and we needed some graduation requirements, but um, what was fascinating about a new school was that it truly was a lab. And we had our first graduating class, they graduated in the middle of COVID and (sighs) we didn't give letter grades. And some students didn't have access to the SAT or the ACT, but when they went to schools across the country, public, private, research, liberal arts based, and they were able to show through something called the mastery transcript, um, which Head Royce is a part of this consortium how they applied their knowledge. Um, So we had a student who ended up at MIT and he never took the SAT, but he also taught a multivariable calculus class to his peers. And then I I got an email that said that Head Royce was looking for a head of school. And so um, I tried not to get too excited But it felt like a dream come true. And so I threw my hat in the ring. And everyone that I met as part of the process just made it clear to me that um, it would be a great gift to my life to be able to lead this school. And in return, um, I would work hard to be an incredible caretaker of this institution and the school. So that is why Head Royce, I pinch myself every day and my kids are here too.
0: I think Rachel that listening to your varied experiences, your very deep experiences in different areas, it it just it makes me as an alum feel so excited. About your leadership here at the school, and about the the thought and the diversity of thought that you're going to be bringing to our alma mater, um, and as you're leading the program forward, as you're you know looking at expanding the school, we're gonna we can always talk about South Campus for hours on end, I'm sure, yeah. uh, but just mentioning it here, South Campus is really happening. Uh, you know, it's really wonderful to hear that you've had these varied experiences. I hope someday you get to teach maybe a senior elective or at least show up as a guest lecturer for kids to talk about the land management work that you did, the history research that you did. Um, I think that would be very interesting to to many of our students, especially in this day and age, especially looking at the Bay Area um, and, how we have different relationships with the land here. Um, but I think that that connection between your history, uh, your personal history, your work history, and Head Rice's tenants looking at citizenship, diversity, scholarship, mm-hmm. you touch on all of those pieces throughout your, the history, your life's journey that you outlined for us. So it really just reinforces the idea for me that you have been working towards Had this whole time, you might not have known it, uh, but I'm certainly glad that the search committee saw that in your work um, and in your interviews because we are so lucky to have you here, thank you. Thank you, I truly am lucky to be here. Well, thinking about being an alum, of a school, of an independent school in particular, since you have that experience, not just teaching and working at independent schools, but being an an independent school student yourself, uh, as an alumna, what do you think your 18 year old self would think of when they say, hey, Rachel, now I'm the head of school for this, this independent school in Oakland? What what would your 18-year-old self think of that? And what would you say to your 18-year-old self as well?
1: Well, I might start with the, what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Um, what I would probably say is, as you kind of go forth into the next step of your journey, do what you love. Find what you love. Um, and don't worry so much about the shoulds in terms of what you think you should do. and Think more about what is possible um, beyond kind of the little world you plan for yourself, um, and not to rush. To kind of there is time. I think eighteen, it's like okay, I'm an adult. I've got to I've got to know everything. I have to have a plan. Or maybe that is just a reflection of the type A person I was at eighteen. But um, but yes, and I think if I were my 18-year-old self's head of school, I think that teenager would sort of wonder why I was so happy. It's like, you know, she's running this big school. Like, why doesn't she look stressed? Um, So hopefully just the joy. I, you know, in part, I wake up every day happy that I'm not a practicing lawyer anymore. And... um, there's just so much joy in being part of a community of learners, uh, that just sort of every nook and cranny of this place, um, brings a sense of joy and not that every day is sort of sunshine and lollipops, but I, I do take very seriously my responsibility for creating an educational experience um, that will not only continue to prepare Ed Royce alums for whatever their path is, but I also think about the adults who have chosen to dedicate their time towards their career here. And so um, I like to listen and you know, 125 days for a, a school that's been around since the late 1800s is, is a blip. Um, but I but I also take seriously the, the legacy of this school. And, um, you know, we spend most of our working days as children at school and as adults at work. And so it has to be a place where... People are excited to go every day and feel like they can continue to grow and learn. And they are working with people who are fantastic at what they do and respect the the craftsmanship of, of their colleagues. And so um, those are the things I think about um, with a smile on my face, even when things are hard.
0: Well, I certainly hope that your 18 year old self would feel like they were in good hands if they heard from a head of school um, who was who was seeing those pieces and just because you know you brought up the 125 days again and I think that is a really important marker especially in a new school year as the new head so when you look back at your first 125 days what have you observed on campus what have you filled your days with what do you think the next 125
1: days might look like too. So those first 125 days was really me making sure I'm not stuck in my office and getting to know people. So I'm visiting classes. I am attending assemblies. I'm meeting with every member of the professional community one-on-one. I am going to games. I have my ticket for the fall play. Um, I got dragged around school by my kids for the all-school fair. And so particularly on this side of COVID, when we're having the school year that that looks like school years of the past in terms of the rhythm and the traditions that we get to, to experience, I am kind of taking that all in um, and also got to visit some alums on the East Coast in Boston, New York, and D.C., with um, the amazing Mike Taups and Julie Kim Beal. And so that was incredible um, just to hear from people who were a year out of Head Voice or 10 or or 20, um, even some folks who graduated in the the 80s, and just to hear about what this school uh, means to them. Uh, So the next 125, um, I will continue to do that. I know you mentioned South Campus, so that was part of my first 125 days uh, meeting with officials in Oakland Planning Department, um, meeting folks who designed things for us, thinking about construction. So we will continue to do that. But I really, uh, an English teacher, my sophomore year of high school, who said, all you know is that you don't know. And so... I sit in a place of humility knowing that 125 days um, gives me some information, but certainly not all of it. Uh, And so really, I feel like an anthropologist right now, learning.
0: And were there any themes that came Mm -hmm. out from, I would love to know, I mean, about your exploration of the school, working with our fantastic professional, uh professional community, our faculty and our staff. Uh, but also when you were talking to alums, I think there are kind of two different groups that you touched on in those mm-hmm. first 125 days. The
1: alums, what was incredible, I'd say there were two main themes that came out. One, that head Royce was their seminal academic experience, regardless of where they went to college. Um, and I think also the alums reflected upon just how well they were prepared and that they ended up being writing tutors on their freshman dorm floor uh, because of, um, I mean, Dr. MLO, I know his ears were on fire when I was on the East Coast visiting alums. Um, but truly, even thinking about the conversations that would happen in classes at Head Royce and in some cases, being a little disappointed um, when they got to college, but feeling really confident in their preparation. and I, and the other piece would be around friendships, and mm-hmm. that uh, for people who went here, their closest group of friends more likely than not, um. Are the people they went to head royce with, which apparently confused some of their spouses. Right, you're still talking to friends from high school. Your wedding party is mostly high school people, <laughs> um, and so th- you know there's there's a beauty in that—a true lifelong friendship, um, and to be able to have those friends during this incredible academic experience, um, I think that's really powerful. Um, and I think even people who maybe did not have the best time that they could have had at Head Royce, they still felt academically prepared, and their friends are still from Head Royce. So that was a, a great theme. And I think on the the faculty side and the student side, s- students are happy to come to school. Um, they're the young ones are skipping, you know, across courtyards to get to school and I think again particularly on this side of COVID the older students the middle school and high school students are really appreciative of each other and their teachers um, and the, the for the teachers and administrators and staff I think there's an incredible pride of being here and just the quality and excellence in all realms uh, and people really missed each other. Even at the end of the summer, people were excited to get back to their people, so that was good to see.
0: Oh, well, you know, if we need to find silver linings in pandemics and shutdown and being prevented from being physically in person, I'm really happy to see it manifest in that way on campus. So that's really wonderful, and and so. You touched on the you you mentioned a few you know a few things that people loved, and friends being something that I personally am very connected to. i am I see my head voice friends on probably a weekly or bi-weekly basis, depending on our schedules. so i I'm right there with you <laughs> um, in terms of what you found when you talk to alums, when you're talking about faculty, though, we have some faculty that have been at the school for quite a number of years who have influenced a lot of students and now members of the alumni community. You mentioned Dr. Analo, my English teacher in high school as well, absolutely loved his class. But I know we've talked a little bit about some of our other, in in previous conversations, some of the other teachers that have been mentioned. I think Fern was brought up at one point during an alumni council meeting when we had some students, a student group come in and and talk and meet with us. Uh, Are there other faculty members whose names maybe have come up or or things that were mentioned while you were talking to alums?
1: Gosh, yes. And, And so I was speaking with a student who, an alum who had graduated from Cal just this past summer and is getting her PhD in chemistry at MIT. And so she said that she took a chemistry class with Stella Glogover and in Stella's class, she learned about all of the things that were possible to do in chemistry. And that just lit a fire for her and she's she's been going ever since um
0: fabulous
1: wow yes and um yes fern and math and just the inspiration of the beauty of mathematics um i talked to alums who said um, naoko akiyama was an amazing female math teacher that um really opened this this former student's eyes as to what was possible for her as a, a female mathematician. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, and I just even, you know, Coach Bowler and um, yes. the, the joy that she brings every day. And I, the swimming pool is right outside of my window. And so for this term, I've been listening to the second through fifth graders swim and I've never, I'm trying to get tips from her as to how to get kids out of the pool dressed and back in class on time. Just the executive <laughs> function skills that she is helping these kids develop is in, is incredible. Um, and it's, i I just think it's it's rare. I think our average faculty tenure is 19 years and oh my goodness really yes in this day and age it is rare and um it is so valuable just for people to not only know their content but to love students and you know if we think about our three divisions you know kids are in different developmental stages and particularly those middle school faculty they revel in the funkiness of middle school, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> but just really thinking about where students are, um, especially as their minds move from concrete thinking to abstract thinking, but also the social emotional side and what needs to be tended to to facilitate learning. And so it's it's been incredible to watch. I have a kindergartner and a second grader And the stuff they come home with after only a few months of school, I just kind of sit down and say, oh, bless these teachers, (laughs) Um, just because they're learning so much and they're having fun doing it. Um, And so that that is a gift. And though I wasn't here last year, I know that the parents are incredibly grateful for the continuity of education. That their children had during COVID.
0: Absolutely, it was not an easy task for the professional community to to create a safe space. I think for the students to come back. Uh, so, I'm I'm really happy to hear that Head Royce was able to really provide that in person experience overall. Uh, and I know you had a special guest attend was it the DC alum gathering it was uh, Miss Kennedy, our longtime third grade teacher, showed up to one of the events.
1: Yes, yeah, so Miss Kennedy and her daughter showed up to the Boston event um, Boston. and they were wheels of joy. <laughs> and that was incredible. And then Jeff Key and his daughter showed up to the DC event. And so we had these great double billing events with um, beloved former, former Headroy's faculty there. And so I I just um, felt privileged to really witness firsthand how, how important uh, Headroy's teachers are today to their former students. And the f- fact yeah. that it doesn't matter how many decades have passed that um, the teachers can, can spot students in a crowd and know exactly who they are, um, even if they have beards or long hair or short hair or no hair, it's just like, I know you.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Talk about the the dedication, the memory, the love that I think a lot of us experience with our faculty members. Yeah. Well, so Rachel, this is just total side note, you mentioned things that your kids are bringing home, and whether those are ideas, uh, questions, comments, uh, observations that they've made. I just wanted to say, you, you reminded me, so right behind me, right above my head in the video, that is a batik fabric piece that I made in second grade when Miss Anthony was teaching us about Indonesia. So. Mm-hmm. Talk about, like, there are Hedroy's things that I didn't even realize were on my walls right around me that I look at on a regular basis that I still remember, that I still share with my friends, adult friends, (laughs) um, as well as, of course, Royce friends reminiscing about, remember when we learned how to use this technique as part of a cultural exploration? Uh, It was... uh, I I just think that's a, a really... I just didn't realize I had that on my office wall, quite honestly, until you <laughs> until you were talking about your kids. So thank you for reminding me of that. It just makes it that much more special to me. But, yeah, uh, so I hope you get to go into the classroom and and practice some of your you know art skills and and learn about different kinds of projects, hands on projects. It's never too late.
1: Um, it's never too late. I hope to audit some courses too if I can. Um. And I've been hanging out with the jazz band also. Um this, just those students are incredible. Um hmm. and the just their directors. It's just um, you know, it's hard to put into words how much learning happens and and in how many realms. And I think that goes back to the the pride that the professional community feels in, in the spaces of learning that they've created for students.
0: Wow. Well, and you bring up the jazz band in particular, and I know music is actually something that we both have in common. So I was just hoping you could tell us are we going to see you singing at the holiday program anytime soon? I hear that's something that you love as well.
1: I do love to sing. It is a, it's one of those things that brings me joy. I also like to make sure I keep the kids at the center, the students at the center, so they don't have to worry about me trying to upstage them at the holiday concert. I think the parents would would, would riot because it's been a while since we've been able to have a holiday concert. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it um, and hoping some of our former heads of school can join us as well at that event. Um, so I just being able to see everything for the first time, I'm trying to kind of package each memory of the first that I've had. Um, but but I have joined a choir. And so congratulations. Congratulations one extracurricular, um, I won't be performing until April because I had some things to do those first 125 days. Uh, but it's been, it's always brought me joy. And so I've certainly visited, um, middle school choir classes already. Um, but yes, just the music and the art, um, that happens here. It's so important. Um, physical education. Um, it's just part and parcel of thinking about the wholeness of a student and their full development.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, I i am a product of our arts programs, our arts departments, both you and Jeff Key, who was my photography teacher. I sang with the choir. I participated in jazz vocals. I did Drama productions, so that is very much near and dear to my heart. And also, of course, I think back to um, the opportunities that the school gave us from our senior play, where you know you get broken up into scenes, um, or actually into acts with various teachers. So Dr. Enelow directed my scene for the senior play. I got to act with my English teacher, which was quite. Quite, you know, my English teacher directing us, really interesting experience. Or seeing Andy Spear, another one of my English teachers, direct us in the fall play, um, Red Noses. I think was the, the play that I did with him, learning about the plague, uh, and that and that whole connection between the content that we were learning in our Western Civilization classes and then and our Art History classes actually connecting it all together to the plays we were doing. So. Really exciting to hear that the arts are still alive, and and supported at the school.
1: Yeah, and I, I was about to say, Andy Spear, I think he may be volunteering me for a scene for the senior play. Ooh, <laughs> let me know in passing. So um, I'm looking forward to that.
0: I love that. You know. We have to have special occasions where you pop up in in various places and kids get to be, uh, you know, surprised and excited to meet with you. And I think audiences would also be very happy to see you or hear from you. So just, Rachel, don't worry about being in different places. The holiday program, I will keep on pushing this for the next few years. So after your kids get settled, then hopefully we'll see you at least at the faculty chorus. um, Oh, I will do that. Yeah. Okay. Faculty chorus. Thank goodness.
1: Yes. Great. And you know, I will accompany. I was forced to play piano for 12 years of my life. So Ooh. Uh, we need to be an accompanist to student musicians and singers. Um I'll have to sh- share that news out.
0: <laughs> Making notes right now, I will be sure That's to I- mention it to whoever I find <laughs> after this. Uh. That is wonderful. Well, and of course, we'll make sure that you get prepped uh, with the school song so that you know that by heart before graduation. Uh, I don't know if it really gets regularly sung before then,
1: but if you know where the sheet music is for the school song, I would appreciate it. I've only seen the lyrics.
0: We will have to maybe tap our um, formal choral director, Bob Wells. He probably has that sheet music somewhere if we talk to him. So very good. very good. We'll get that over to you. <laughs> and so you, you've talked about, you know, your love of singing, you've joined a chorus one. I have to ask, will we get to see this performance anywhere in April? Yeah, or? I mean,
1: we'll, we need to sell tickets. So as we get closer to the event, um, I'll let folks know. But I've also asked the professional community if if they have any performances or exhibitions or other things to let me know. I I can't go to everything, but um I did get to go to the Diong and see um Nzinga who does middle school band and her all women's big brass band play. So um wow. You know, it's it's another fun reason to to be back in the Bay, there's so much to do. Um, and so, it, I think it's a, a good way to um, just get out and then for me to get to know the community more, particularly because some of the kindergartners and first graders think I actually live in my office. Um, <laughs> and so they were surprised that I I did not sleep here as well as work here, so. I like to get out
0: well i think it's very important that you're modeling a more balanced lifestyle then for for the community and the students but yeah, i have to ask are there okay trying that's all we can ask for right yes. rachel okay we well ask. what else do you do to help maintain that balance it's so hard for a lot of professionals to to ensure that they're being conscientious healthy uh mentally physically, and emotionally, of course.
1: You know, it's the other nice thing about being home is that um, I have a friend base already. And so for one, it gives me more time to focus on school because I have family here and friends here. So uh, tonight I'm going to SF Jazz with two friends from high school. and so I think just one of the lessons I learned during COVID and doing Zoom reunions with eighth grade friends and you know law school drama club friends was that I really should have been doing that anyway. And it shouldn't have taken the world shutting down to um, just find times to connect. And I am that kind of person anyway. I'm the person who drags friends to reunions. Uh, It's like, you're gonna have fun. That person you had a locker next to that you never see, but that you had so much fun with, that's why you go. So even for me, who's kind of a connector in that way, um, it was nice to remember, just you gotta gotta keep up with folks. I think the other thing, During the pandemic, I remember taking a walk with my kids and my son wanted to stop and look at an earthworm. And in my mind, I was like, that's gonna take forever. And I was like, you know what, we have time. Let's just sit here. I will meditate as this earthworm makes its journey across the street. So just breathing, um, taking time to enjoy live music. I look outside of my window at redwood trees. I can see the bay. And so I'm um, feeling very fortunate um, and taking the time to reflect on that. And I like to eat. There's great food in Oakland. Holy cow. So, and that means I also have to walk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good balance there, you know. Yes. You gotta walk in order to enjoy. Yes. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, it sounds like you are really getting to delve into the Oakland scene too, which is very exciting. Um, is this the first time that you've lived in the Bay, in the East Bay? It is the first time that I've
1: actually lived in the East Bay. Um, and so that's great. I used to think it was too hot over here, but now it's, it's just right. Um, <laughs> And just um, seeing how it's grown and changed and, um, but also the places that have been here for a long time. I, um, yeah, I'm still wandering, seeing how the neighborhoods connect, um, trying to get up to date on sort of local politics, um, just to, as a citizen of the East Bay and Alameda County, making sure I know what's happening. And um so that's been that's just been a joy. Um and my hairdresser is also excited because her salons in Oakland. And so now I don't have to pack a picnic lunch from the South Bay um to get my afro trimmed. So that's been fun as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's It's, it's been a joy and my kids love it. Um, They are learning to be walkers too after some time in the suburbs. And I think the other piece is my kids get to see people who look like them, Um, which wasn't really the case in Andover, Massachusetts, or even Sunnyvale, California. Um, And so they're reveling in that and just the general diversity of the East Bay. Um, they are richer for it. And so um, for that, I am grateful.
0: That's wonderful. I know getting acclimated to a new place is always difficult. So it's great to hear that there are immediate wins and immediate benefits that you and the family have been able to experience and and appreciate. And any, I have to ask, new favorite spots that you've discovered in your first few months here? So... um one there
1: is a restaurant called sister which is um near our house and i know it's it's kind of newish in terms of oakland restaurants but um they bake a mean bread they they have this incredible fish dish um and so that's been a lot of fun (laughs) i don't know Um, if that's really wonderful Yeah, and then there's this great Ethiopian restaurant that I can't remember the name of, and it's in two blocks of these incredible Ethiopian restaurants, but the one we've gone to is great. Um, I'm the kind of Bay Area person where I don't know the name of the street, and kind of tell you how to get there, (laughs) but I can get there every time. Um, All right, okay. We went to Fenton's, and so- Classic. That was was awesome. And I'm trying to find the place that used to sell um, peach cobbler and gingerbread, at least it was the Juneteenth celebration that would happen in San Francisco. There was a restaurant in Oakland. um, Mm. And so that's on my list of places to find. But um, the board, when I before I began, they gave me this great book of Oakland cuisine, and so now I have a checklist. Um, oh, I'm, excellent! Yeah, trying to. I think pho is the next thing on my list, is to get my pho place. So, <laughs> um,
0: I you sound very organized in this approach. I really appreciate that. You can't miss. Hopefully, you won't miss as much if you if you really plan it out like that. But. Yeah. We'll see if we can get more suggestions and, and favorites from our alum community and and maybe share those as well.
1: Yes, I will take them. I will take those. Um, my, my daughter ate a oyster the other day, a baked oyster. So I've got some adventurous eaters, which on the one hand is a pain because they like to eat our food, but, um, it means we can go to a lot of places and, um, even when we went to the Ethiopian, Ethiopian restaurant, I was like, make it hot. These kids do not Excellent. mind.
0: So, Ooh. good eaters. That's always more fun. So I yes. absolutely love hearing that. Good. Well, we will be sure to keep that in the back of our mind next time we have an alum event. We'll just have to start sourcing more places for you to try. I think that's yes. very important. Good places to walk, good places to eat, good places to be in the community. So I, I really... I look forward to hearing from our alums to see if they have any suggestions that we can share. Uh, Before we have to close out our time together, I did want to just check. Is there anything else that you want our alum community to know about you? Is there anything else you'd like our alum community to know about you?
1: (laughs) I mean, I would say, oh, to know about me, um, I may have said this before, but I do take very seriously my role as caretaker of Head Royce and I also um, want to hear from people who have stories about an experience at Head Royce where they would love for us to improve on something Um, because I think for growth and evolution, particularly in a school that that is part of the legacy. Um, is continuing to grow and evolve. Um, I'd love to hear all stories, and so um, you know, I'm rskiffer at headvoice.org. People can email me. Um, I'm I'm good at getting back. I I owe an email to an Anna Head alum um, to talk about some some online learning tools. A little bit of a debate, but that is fun for me, and it helps me get to know the. All parts of the school, um, present and past, as we think about the future.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you were able to experience one of our longtime Hedroyst traditions as kind of a great welcome to the fall with the, um, with the school fair, which used to be called, I think the country fair at Anahead. So we've had a country fair and we've also had, of course, now we call it, I think, the school fair. Uh, so I'm glad you were able to attend in person, get to experience that. And um, We'll have to keep on, you know, we'll keep some traditions, we'll evolve other traditions. To your point, we're constantly learning about the experiences of our alums as well. The Alumni Council is similarly dedicated to not just talking to the alums who want to talk to, about how wonderful their head voice experience was, but to talking to the larger community. So that is an effort we will definitely partner with you on. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, and so I know you are very busy. Again, 125 days in, there's still more than 125 days for you to go. So we don't want to keep you for too long. I wanted to just say a huge thank you, Rachel, for your time today, for letting us get to know you just a little bit as you begin your journey here at Head Royce. Um, we're really excited that you chose our school. um, and, and we're excited to hear about the next steps that you're, you're developing for us.
1: Well, thank you. It was a pleasure to be chosen. And, um, Yeah, every day I kind of pop out out of bed, um, raring to go. So it's 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 been a wonderful 125 days. And seeing that I have a a a kid who's going to graduate in 2035, I'll be here for a while. Um, And so I'm excited together with the community to see um, us really implement um, those things that will bring us into the the next half century,
0: so it should be wonderful. I think we're all ready for that. And so, to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us for this second episode of Head Voice Voices. We do have more episodes that are coming soon with the loves who are doing great work out there, as well as some faculty and students. So be sure you uh, stay tuned for those future episodes. We also have some great alum events and programming on the horizon, including an alumni panel discussion on uh, diversity and intersectionality of representation in Hollywood with alums in the entertainment industry. Dan Wu, Cameron Johnson, and Krista Marie Yu. That's going to be on November 29th. We also have our annual alumni holiday event, which is finally back in person, which is on December 21st. That will be held at Oak Stop, a co-working space that was founded and operated, uh, that is currently operated by a class of 2001 alumnus, Trevor Parham. And then of course, alumni weekend. Make sure you mark your calendars for alumni weekend, April 28th and 29th. So more details on all of those events will be coming soon. If you want to stay up to date with Hedroyce going on, uh, you can always follow us on the Head Royce Alumni page on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, so that you get all of that information sent directly to you in your feeds. You can also find information about the alumni program on the Hedroyce website, www.hedroyce.org. And if you have not already done so, please be sure to follow Hedroyce Voices wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thanks so much.